And I do hope that our lesson will be effective this morning because actually I have a lot of Scripture. We're going to let the Word of God tell us what we need to know today. We're going to begin this morning in uh, Genesis chapter 28. So we studied in our class this morning about Jacob's dream and going up and uh, seeing the angels of God going up and down the ladder. We're going to see if we can draw a lesson from that. And my text is from uh, the 28th chapter of Genesis, starting with verse 13. And the Lord speaking, he says, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. And also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring it back to, you, to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. We find that this is the same promise. Jacob received his promise, and it's the same promise that was received by his father Isaac and his grandfather Abraham. And we're going to think about the promises today as we move forward in this lesson. I'm sure if, if you're like me, maybe you've made promises that you failed to keep. I think we all uh, intend to keep promises when we make promises to people. Uh, that I promise to do this for you, we have all intentions of doing that. But sometimes it's, it's a matter of circumstances. Something uh, comes into play that's beyond our control. And we're not able to keep promises that maybe we make to people sometimes. We feel bad about that. It hurts us that, that we cannot keep promises. And so uh, I think that's one thing that happens to us to make us uh, very careful to, keep, uh, to make promises. Because understanding we are human and we can't always do that which we say that we're going to do. But as we understand that, we need to also understand that there is no circumstance that will ever come that will keep God from keeping His promises. That will prevent Him from keeping the promises that He has made to us. You know, um, the descendants of Jacob didn't always live up to their part of the bargain. And maybe there were some circumstances that came along, but God always kept the promises that, that He made to them. In fact, we find over in Deuteronomy chapter 7, and this is one of many verses we're going to look at today. If you will turn over with me to that scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 7, beginning in verse 6. Moses is speaking to the children of Israel in that day and time. And he says to them, For you are a holy people. To the Lord your God. The Lord your God has spoken you to, to be a people for Himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set His love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you and because He would keep the oath which He swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage from the, land, uh, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant 
and mercy for a thousand generations and those who love Him and keeps His commandments. So God, you know, spared the children of Israel. It wasn't because that, that they were the greatest in number. He says, in fact, they were the least in number. But He gives two reasons along the way. He says, first of all, He said, I spared you because I love you. God loved these people. But He also spared them because of the oath. What oath? Well, it's the oath that He gave to Jacob and earlier to Isaac and earlier to Abraham. He made an oath, oath to them that you studied in your Bible classes this morning. And as we look at that oath, we know that this oath was kept. We also mentioned in our adult class this morning, right from the very first chapter of Joshua, that in that time, that's when God brought them and they finally came back into the land of Canaan. And this was a time throughout the book of Joshua that this land would be divided among the different tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel. And so that comes about during that time. Once again, because why? Because God kept His oath. God kept His promise to the children of Israel. But we need to understand that uh, as we look at this, we're going to uh, study now from the New Testament. And we're going to see that this was a promise that was given of faith. It was a very important promise. And we need to understand this promise thoroughly that was given in the days of old to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. This was a promise of faith and not a promise of law. Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. The Scripture says the following. The Apostle Paul says, For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all. And then you skip down to verse 20 in that same chapter. He goes on to say this, He did not waver at the promise of God, and he's talking about Abraham, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he has promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. We find here, first of all, that the law, uh, that the promise was not of law. It was of faith. If it was of law, it had been no, of no effect. But he's telling us here in this same chapter that this all began way back with Abraham. It, it was because of the faith of Abraham. If you think about the things that, that's found in verse uh, 20 and 21 and 22 that we just read, it talks about how Abraham didn't waver at the promise of God. He didn't have unbelief, but he believed what God said. I think this gives us more insight of why Abraham was so willing to, to quickly and go do that that God told him to do when he said, go sacrifice your son Isaac. The Hebrews writer tells us in Hebrews 11 that when that uh, commandment was given to uh, Abraham, that he believed that 
that God would bring him back from the dead. So Abraham maybe did not understand everything that God was going to do, but he did understand this, that God promised that through his seed that all nations of the earth would be blessed. He was going to be a great nation. He was going to have this land. And so when God said, go sacrifice your son, Abraham understood that God was going to make it work some way, somehow. He was convinced of the promise of God that God would be able to perform that promise that there would be no circumstance that would prevent God from uh, fulfilling the things that He would say. Therefore, it was accounted to Him for righteousness. He followed after those things. Then we go over to Galatians 3, and, and Paul is basically telling the churches of Galatia the same thing in these Scriptures. In Galatians 3, first of all, in verse 14, He says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And then we skip down to verse 17 and 18. He says, And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if uh, if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer a promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Here he's telling uh, telling us today, again, this, this very fact that the promise did not come by law. The promise came through Abraham 430 years before the law. Long before the law was put into effect, the promise had been established through Abraham. And the law could not annul the promise that God had given to Abraham. And this promise is going to be kept. We go down to verse 26, though. And here we find, we find that how Paul tells us how that we become a part of the seed of Abraham in this promise. He says, For you are all the sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's how we become heirs of the promise. That's how we become Abraham's seed is when we have put on Christ in baptism. When we've been baptized into Christ, we have put on Christ. And he tells us once again, it doesn't matter whether you are Jew or Greek. You know that promise in the days of Abraham was to Abraham's family and through Jacob's family, the children of Israel. It was to them. But in that promise, all nations of the earth shall be blessed. So now it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or Greek. It doesn't matter whether you are a slave or a free person. It doesn't matter of your gender, male or female, We all can receive this promise, but we see the condition in that to become uh, heirs or heirs of that seed, we must be baptized into that seed. We must be baptized into that family. Again, in the book of Romans uh, and also in the book of Galatians, we find that God had a divine purpose. Romans 9, beginning in verse 6. Paul says this, 
But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise, at this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by her father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to the election, might stand not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, The older shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. God made this promise to Abraham. But along the way in Genesis 21 through 12, God also said that this promise would come through Isaac. The promise was not going to come through Ishmael. Children of Ishmael were children of the flesh. The promise does not come through that family. The family of Isaac will bring the promise. And then God makes the promise to, to Isaac again in Genesis 26 through 24. The promise again made to Jacob in Genesis 28 verses 13 and 14. But it was revealed to Rebekah that Esau would serve Jacob. And so there, there's something else given to us in the promise. There's some specifications that's uh, made along the way that this promise is not through Esau, but the promise is going to come through the son Jacob. And here we, we, we have note here, we have an inference here that, that Esau and Ishmael, these are children of the flesh. The promise is given to the children of God not the children of the flesh. We go again over to Galatians chapter 4. And again to the churches of Galatia. Verse 23 of Galatians 4, here's what Paul says. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise. And then we go down to verse 28 and 29. Now we brethren, as Isaac was our children of promise, but as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. We see here again that Ishmael was born of the flesh. He was, he was born of the bondwoman, not of the free woman. And so he was born of the flesh. Isaac was born of promise. And so we, the we that he's talking about, he says, brethren, Christians, we who have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ are now children of this promise. We are the heirs. We are the ones that will be blessed. And all, uh, through the all nations of the earth shall be blessed. We're the ones that he's talking about thousands of years ago. But yet, others who have not been obedient to the word of God these are the ones that are born of the flesh. They haven't been born again. And they cannot be partakers of the promise. But with that, I'd like to now go and we stay in the New Testament and look at some of the promises that God has also made to us or people of our dispensation. We go to Acts chapter 1.
first. In Acts chapter 1, we find that Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. He has spent some 40 days here upon this earth, and now He's about to ascend to the Father. And He's speaking to 11 apostles. Judas would be number 12. He's no longer with us. So He's speaking to the other 11. And this is what He says to them in verses 4 and 5. It says that, And being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Did you see what the promise was? The promise was that these men that he's speaking to were about to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now they were also told to uh, not to depart from Jerusalem, Wait for this promise. Stay in Jerusalem until you receive this promise. This promise that you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and specifically told not many days from now. Because God has promises that sometimes come in effect hundreds of years later or maybe thousands of years later. But this is a promise to some people, to some men. You're not going to have to wait very long for this. In a few days, this promise will be fulfilled. And we see... In Acts chapter 2, this promise fulfilled. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, says that the day of Pentecost had fully come, and they, that's these men plus Matthias, who they added among themselves, were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a, of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What happened to them? They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 4 tells us that. They were all filled. They were overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit who gave them the ability, that gave them the power to speak in foreign languages and other tongues which they began doing on that day. We know in this second chapter that the Apostle Peter becomes the one that, that uh, is quoted throughout this Scripture, and he's preaching the Gospel of Jesus Christ. He's telling about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to those that were listening to him on that day in Jerusalem. And we find that when we get down to verse 33, he says this to them, he says, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He poured out this which you now see and hear. This is another promise that comes about. And actually it's alluded to a little bit earlier into the chapter, but it's the fulfillment not only of a promise but of a prophecy that's found in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through 32, that this will be poured out upon all flesh. And, and Peter is saying today, this prophecy, this promise is being fulfilled in your hearing. And they were being witnesses of that. But Peter continues to preach. And we find in verse 39, he says, For the promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are far off, as many as our Lord will call. 
Well, what is that promise? That promise is found back in verse 38. You know, in verse 37, as they were listening to the things that Peter had to say, and they, they understood that this is prophecy being fulfilled, that this is promise being fulfilled, and in fact that Jesus uh, was the Son of God, is the Son of God, and that He was crucified on the cross, and He was resurrected from the dead. As they understood this, there were some of them that called out, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 37. And then in verse 38, Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When you repent and you're baptized for the remission of your sins in the name of Jesus Christ, the promise is you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he tells them in that next verse that that promise is to you. You will be guaranteed this. You will have that gift once you've been obedient to the things that I've just said. Now this, this promise is to all that obeyed the command that day. We find that 3,000 people uh, did that very thing. According to verse uh, 41, says those that gladly received this word were baptized and that day and 3,000 souls were added to them. They're the ones that received that promise. And that promise was indeed kept. But he's, we also see that this was the final results of the uh, promise that was given to Abraham thousands of years earlier. Now it is to everyone. Now everyone can be heirs of this promise. And it didn't matter whether you were Jew or Greek, free or slave, male or female. You would receive this promise. And this promise was to them, and it was, it was promised to, to all the generations that follow, including our generation today. We still have that promise. Then we find that there's one that was obedient to this a little bit later down the road, and his name was Saul of Tarsus. He had his name changed to Paul. He became an apostle also. And we find in Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 16, he's, he's uh, uh, on his way to Antioch. Acts 13, beginning in verse 16. It says, Then Paul stood up and motioned with his hands and said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelled as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. Now for a time of about 40 years, he put them put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to them by allotment. And after that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterwards, they, they asked for a king, so God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to, the, to whom he also gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. And from this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus. Paul is explaining this promise to the Jews in Antioch in this scripture. And you know, earlier we looked at what Moses said to him in Deuteronomy and, and, and what happened in uh, Joshua is 
Joshua uh, led the people in, in taking the land and dividing it up. And we find that, that through all the generations there, that they had their failings and they went against the things that God told them to do. And that's what Paul is explaining uh, in part here as he talks, talks about the days of the judges and the days of the kings. But he says, I want you to know this, that when this King David came, that on through his seed, we have Christ Jesus. That is the link from David to, to Jesus, David backward to Abraham. It all works together. They're all in that same line that this promise has come today that they can be of the family of God. And as time went on, we find that God had to put them back in captivity again. But even when He did that, He brought them back out of captivity and brought them back to that land until the days that Jesus came to make this promise to all people. In Acts chapter 26, verse 6, Paul is before Agrippa. You know, usually we talk about something else here, but we're going to see something different that Paul said to Agrippa. He said, I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. Paul understood that promise. He had a hope of that promise. And he said, because of that hope, that's the reason I'm standing before you today. I've been judged because of that promise. I've been judged because I have a hope in that promise to keep the promises of God. And then in the epistles, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, Paul says, In Christ you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Well, when did that happen? It's when they were in Him. How do you get in Him? Well, when you're baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Galatians 3.27 Now that they're in Him, they've been sealed with this Holy Spirit of promise. Hebrews 10.23 He who promised is faithful. When God makes a promise, it will come to pass. And He's made a wonderful promise today. If we are heirs of, of Abraham, if we've been obedient to this message of God, we're going to receive the blessings of this promise. We're going to receive a heavenly home someday. And then I'm going to leave us with one last scripture and our lesson will be done today. Second Peter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This Scripture tells us, once again, that God's promises are 100% sure. If God says something's going to come to pass, it's going to come to pass. But this Scripture also tells us that God loves us. It tells us that when it says that He is long-suffering toward us. When it says that He's long-suffering, what He's saying is that God is waiting for billions of people who live on this earth right now who have not been obedient to His message to step up and become be obedient to the message because He doesn't want anyone to perish. God doesn't want anybody in this world to be lost. Mark prayed this morning that, that we love our neighbors and our friends enough to tell them the message of Jesus Christ. We need that prayer. We need to love others because there's people who are lost. 
They need to understand that God does have some requirements with the promise. There are some things that we must do on our end to receive this promise. And so my question this morning is, have you fulfilled those requirements? Have you done those things that you need to do to become heirs of the blessings that is told to us through Abraham and through Isaac and through Jacob? Are you ready to stand before God today? If you have a need, why don't you come as we stand and sing this song?